Oh, pickle, 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 Chris, how we doing today? Shorty, get down. Good love. Baby got him open up all over town. I think that's the word. Strictly, you don't play around, cover much ground, got game by the pound. That's all from, uh, it's perfect. Did you see, uh, some guy did that on, uh, at the, at the airport. He took over the PA speaker and sang that song. It was kind of viral this weekend. Uh, Pickle, we got a little rundown situation today coming to you live from Globe Life Field in Texas. Beautiful new stadium up in the press box. We ready? It's nice that it's warm there. It's actually not. It's not warm currently, but it will be warm in two days. It's ar- It's Arctic. Like I, You know how like you always talk about my beanie wearing and how if I cover the ears? Yeah, I'm covering my ears. There won't be any hat spins today. People are, uh, I hear there's a drinking game about how many times you spin your hat coming out. So Yeah, that's going, that's going around at uh, colleges all over America. We're the number one rated web podcast show that happens on Mondays, east side of the Mississippi, where there's a hat spinning. So people evaluate that a lot. I think it's it east, east and west side of the Mississippi. I think I'm on the other yes. side. Cultural, cultural uh, phenomena. Bilateral, oh bilateral Mississippi show on Mondays. What game do you want me to four, do? game four, madness, mayhem. That game was crazy. That was one of the better games I've seen in a long time. First of all, if you score that many two out runs, you should just win. If you're the Dodgers, you should just win. Like you should automatically win. If you score all your runs with two outs, like good for you. Um, I, yeah, I mean, look. Shout out Brett Phillips, teammate, Colorado Springs Sky Sox. I taught him everything he knows. Um, yeah, he's a really good pluck player. I'm surprised I didn't see more memes about him laughing, first of all, because he's the laugh guy, right? He's, you know, that's his MO. Uh, but good for him. Looked really composed during the at-bat. The whole play was just really a reflection of how back and forth the game was because, you know, Phillips gets a hit. You know, Tampa's going to tie it. Taylor clanks the ball. Rosarena trips. He's going to be I mean, just a lot of stuff going on there. It was crazy. It was crazy. I was, I was on the phone with somebody while that happens and they, they couldn't get their Fox television stuff to work. So I was doing play by play to the person on the phone and it was very difficult to do play by play. There was so much going on. So we got the base hit to right. Guy's going to score. We got a tie ball game, extra innings, bonus baseball in the World Series. This game's awesome already. Let's go. Then he he throws the ball with his glove. So I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to score. He's going to score from first. Send him, send him, send him. The relay throw comes in, and a Rosarena is nowhere to be seen. I'm like, he's out by a mile. Like, my baseball clock was way off. I'm like, he should be there. He's not there. <laughs> I had no idea that he fell down because the camera angle hadn't shown it live. And then the throw from Muncie to the catcher, he kind of, it looked like he kind of yanked it a little bit where he saw him fall and he was like, eh, and he kind of tried to stop his arm. Uh, Jansen wasn't backing the guy up, which I had some, some back and forth on Twitter about that with whether like the ball looked like it deflected off uh, Smith's glove off the umpire to kick in the opposite direction. So even if, even if Jansen had been in the right spot, it still doesn't matter. A Rosarina gets up, slides in, Tapping the plate, all smiles, airplanes in center field. I heard that um, Phillips was hyperventilating. He needed an IV to calm down after the game in the clubhouse. He couldn't even watch the highlight because he was hyperventilating. 
I, I was watching his uh, I watched his press conference and I could see the little wrap around his arm. I could tell he was going to get an IV. Brett's a high intensity dude. He talked about it. Um, really good kid. Happy for him. First of all, a uh, lot of bad stuff on that play. A lot of cool stuff on that play. Like his at bat, like not having had an AB and you know, whatever it is a month. Uh, I don't, I don't think he's had any in the postseason. but I tell you what, you gotta like really slow your heart rate down there to be able to handle that at bat. Um, a Rosa real deal running really hard helmet falls off. I'm going to need, this is one thing that I really need to happen. I need guys to wear helmets that fit. You can get any size helmet you want in the big leagues. Too many guys trip when their helmet falls off and it hits their heel. See it all the time. Guys are tripping. So Randy, a Rosa real deal. You're almost not the real deal anymore because you tripped, but you're so good that you found a way to get them to mess up the throw and you scored anyway. Why? I don't understand why Muncie really cut that ball off to begin with. Like, I think the, I think the throw was a little bit up the first baseline. If you watch where okay. Smith was, Smith was like Smith was a few feet to the right of home plate, so the throw was offline. It's it's one of those weird in, in betweeners one where he was kind of like too close, and it's awkward. And then he looks over. I and hated everything about that play. I hated it. I hated it was everything. a tra- it was an absolute train wreck. I had a Division three coach text me right after. He's like. That's normal for Division Three baseball. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's the difference between high school and college baseball and the the show, right? Like usually that, that stuff's just super simple. Like maybe one of those things happens like in a year. Here's the thing, and this is a like everybody's talking about how does that happen? What like the, like whose fault was it? It's the moment's fault, dude. It's the intensity of the game, and like. Dude, Texas couldn't catch the ball in the seventh inning against us in the 2015 Division Series. They literally couldn't play catch. They are having trouble playing catch. And now, granted, this is neutral site or whatever, but don't think for a second you get in the late innings of those games and you're not you're not feeling a little different. And maybe it's a little different this year. There's maybe a little bit less stress. I don't know. I, maybe I don't know because you don't have home crowds and visiting crowds, and it's not big crowds. But I imagine those are still those effects are all still there. But yeah. I feel bad for Brett that he didn't really get to enjoy it for the uh, hyperventilation station that he had to go to. Do you see the story? He he was blacked out. He was just straight blacked out after. You see the story that his wife, it was the first time he'd seen his wife in months. She left the game early. She's like, "Ah, he's probably not going to get it anyway. That's something Lou Colabella would have done. So I don't blame her. Yeah. Whatever she, and, and she's still like theoretically like quarantining. So he can't, I don't even think he can like go close to her. Well, can can he not go close to her? Or she can't go close to him because it's a bubble situation. I don't know. It's I don't weird. know anything. It's a weird year, man. It's a weird year. Uh, it's a crazy weird... play. Crazy play. Cra- I mean, the wheels fell off, and it was almost like uh, so the in the the Blue Jays against the Rangers in fifteen, like it just felt like the Rays were going to win. It there was like momentum. It was like the baseball gods were were pulling strings. Uh, angels in the outfield type stuff where like they pick the guy up and make him make the catch. It's like, it just had a feeling that something was going to happen. Did you just reference angels in the outfield? I haven't heard that movie talked about in at least 15 years. So kudos to you for that. Uh, yeah. I mean, baseball probably needed it. Baseball needed that moment for baseball. Um, yeah, I, I, it was weird. I, I don't know. I, I in feel the, like if the, in if like the Dodgers the- won, it was over. Right, like if the Dodgers win oh, that yeah. game, it's over. 
So in the second or third inning, I was I, I was writing a tweet saying it feels like the Dodgers have already won. John Boy, uh, John Boy tweeted the Dodgers have won the World Series. They're like it's like twenty two innings to figure out who's the MVP. It was funny, and then he, he tweeted uh, something like that again. But it was like it felt like they were going to win, and then a Rosa Reina hit that homer, and it was just a spark. They were. It felt like the Dodgers were going to win in five games. I told you if there's never been a point. I, I feel like the Dodgers. I tweeted this. I was like, I feel like the Dodgers are up like sixteen games to one against Tampa. I don't feel like Tampa's won anything yet. I feel like maybe they like snuck one out in a seventeen game series. It's weird. That's it's, maybe that's I mean, Tampa's mo. They just like sneak up on you and then you're like, Bam! they're still they're two wins away from winning a World Series. They won forty games this year, right? Was it forty games? I think. Uh, it's very, usually a tough year winning 40, 40 well, and 120. 40 out of 60 is pretty good. But they, they're they two wins away from winning the World Series. It does feel like the Dodgers have outplayed them. Uh, it feels like the Dodgers are the better team <laughs> top to bottom. Just we'll see. We will see. we got an off day tonight. Come back tomorrow. Uh, Aroldis Chapman, did you see this tweet? He went, from being, he went from being like scrawny little flamethrower to monster – just bulked up throwing just about the same velocity. They don't have the in-between when he was throwing 106. Uh, it's just funny, man. Like now he's huge and he doesn't really throw as hard. He's older. There's wear and tear. If he was that size when he was younger, would he have thrown that hard? Like we just don't know. We just don't know. Nah, I think there's too much stuff that people don't know in the world. And we're, we're trying to, you know, we stake these claims. And the scary part for me is that, We've got all these young people believing that they can't be good at anything unless they don't train, right? If, if they don't get huge or like work out and like the kids nowadays, college guys are just monsters, just straight monsters. And I would argue that the quality of baseball has gone down. I think personally, um, not to say that it was better when I was in college. Cause I certainly don't believe that. And also I played for the worst college team in the history of the universe. So, um, but the reality of the situation is, I don't understand the, the obsession with training physically. I mean, I get it. And I think a lot of it has to do with you just want to keep up with the guys around you. You don't want to feel like you're left out from, or you have any regrets or it, it's more mental than it is anything else uh, where, Oh my God, I didn't train today. So I'm not good at baseball. Like, no, you're still going to be good at baseball. You still have to work within the, the, the infrastructure of what, is available to you. So if you weigh 10 pounds less, maybe you're a little bit different type of player. You have to do, who knows, right? How, how does that affect your flexibility? You know, if you're a pitcher, is it bad to be too bulky? Aroldis Chapman threw 102 because he could throw 102. His body allowed him to do that always. So I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Is, did he ever throw at 108? I don't think so. No. And it's, I, you know, it's important to get strongest. I'm not, what I'm about to say is not to say like, don't get in the weight room. Don't work at it. I think improvements in the weight room are a lot easier to track. You put weight on a bar, you can pick it up. That's success. You get in the batter's box, you feel the ground ball. Like the, the definition of success is different. It's harder um, to be in a game when, sh when stuff matters, when there's consequences on the line, you know, that's, if your training is not helping you improve in those situations, then what are we doing? So it's understanding, it's understanding what the test is. And we presented at the bridge, the gap and talked about this in our presentation where it's like, you got to know the, you got to know what the test is to be able to train for it. 
and to be prepared. And like, if you're going to go compete in the CrossFit games, then yeah, get after it in the weight room and become the best exerciser ever. Exerciser. Yeah. <laughs> like you're a good exerciser. That's great. But like you said, you know, we go to college games now and the fundamentals aren't there. There's a bunch of kids that are really, really good athletes that can't play the game well or don't play the game well. It's not that they can't. It's that they, they're focused on their exit velocity. They're focused on running faster. They're focused, focused on throwing harder. But like being in the right position or backing up bases or like taking a hard turnaround first, the, the, they're not playing the game well, but they're really good athletes. The advantages you can gain in baseball are so significant. Remember when you're in Little League and the pitcher, the catcher would be throwing the ball back to the pitcher and you knew you could time it up and steal home basically every time. So that's the cat and mouse game that's that I feel like a lot of people aren't they're just not playing it anymore. They're just saying, I'm gonna out physical you, I'm gonna out train you, and then not trying to find advantages in other people's weaknesses or deficiencies. So you could go full circle with like science dealing here and start talking about how to create competitive advantages within the game. And then people are going to get mad because the Astros use the cameras and bag some trash cans. And it's fine. Like I, I get it. The medium was not a medium of choice, but I will never blame a player for trying to find a competitive advantage on the field within the contest in the game. And sure. Like again, the medium, the Astros chose is not good, but dude, this has been going on for a hundred years. People, and I think in the 60s, 70s, 80s, people were much more equipped to try to find competitive advantages on the baseball field within, like, figure out who you are and what you do really well and understand how that can apply to the game and, and how it can apply to changing the game in the moment. I, I, if you, and it, all of it, a lot of it comes down to paying attention. Now it's just easier. It's easier to look up at a screen and say, hey, I, I want to hit a ball 96. That's going to make me better because I hit it 95 yesterday. It's amazing. Parents will come up to us. Oh man, he's, he's hitting at 96. Now I don't care. I really don't care. I, if you hit it 92, that's cool. Like I'd rather you figure out how to move the ball around the field and hit a line drive. Uh, Cause I know that to get to 96, you probably broke down a little bit. Well, Just saying. minor league baseball is full of really, really good athletes who aren't good enough to good enough baseball players to be in the big leagues. So like, yeah, you got to meet certain thresholds. You have to, you have to, check certain boxes to get there. But once you're there, though, the, it's a level playing field when it comes to that stuff. There's obviously some freaks that are just absolute like freaks. There's a video of Mookie Betts going around this weekend. He's like running cross routes. He's dunking basketball. He's bowling 300 games. Like the, Mookie's amazing as an athlete. He's the special, special, special kind of guy. Um, but the things he does, if you watch him play the game of baseball, he is an incredible baseball player. I'm going to take a timeout for you saying timeout for you saying minor league baseball is full of guys that aren't good enough to play in the major leagues. I'm going to say major league baseball is full of guys that aren't good enough to play in the major leagues right now. Like you're talking about Mookie, right? Mookie doesn't look like he's lifted a weight since the day he's been born. He's like Gumby only skinnier. And like, the, like you said, the guy's super athletic. He's just whippy and twitchy and, and does things really well. He does like super athletic things. So like, Growing up, I, I was reading the thing about him the other day where Derek Johnson saw, saw him grow up his whole life. And he said, man, he was special, but we never would have guessed that, you know, he would have been this special. And then when trade offers started coming in on him. And I remember thinking to myself, like, this guy could do everything. And when you when you have the guy that can do everything, and the, the, the Red Sox had like that litmus test or some sort of whatever it was, IQ test or, or, or whatever. That, it was a brain activity test. Yeah. It was like responsive time of brain firing sequences. Those, those, are, those are the things like – 
putting like how do you put yourself in the right positions when are you thinking about the play before it's happening like Mookie makes ridiculous catches because he's thinking about those situations before they happen not like oh you know I'm always like having to pay attention to this moment in time to say well this time this could happen or this could happen or this could happen like you think you're processing the information on the field based on what you're seeing, what the game's telling you about what could happen. I can't tell you how many times, and I, I don't mean to make this about me, but I would visualize myself on the field if our scout, as a first baseman, I always try to play off the line. But I would visualize myself just shifting my, my steps a little bit more, moving and, and already making the play in my head because I was seeing the, the swing path. And I think too many people aren't just to, don't do that stuff, right? Like they don't do that stuff anymore. And that's how it, it, like the people are talking about shifts. Like if you just watch the game, you'll have a pretty good idea of how you'd want to shift somebody. You watch BP and you have a pretty good idea. You want to shift somebody. So yeah, Mookie, Mookie to me is like, is the definition of everything we're talking about because I, you guys like weighs like a wet newspaper and he's the best player in baseball. It's not even close. I mean, well, Trout's probably like, you know, whatever. So do you have to be like incredibly bulky or athletic or huge? No, do, like you have to be able to do athletic things and, and allow it to, to work within who you are. Yeah. Mookie's good. The thing about the shift conclusion, Mookie's good. <laughs> Fly ball caught. Uh, <laughs> just a quick thing on the, on the shifting Willie Damas last night, run around third, less than two outs. The right side of the field was wide, wide open. open, wide open. He gets a fastball over the plate and he hooks it foul. He got the head out so far that it was pulled foul. And I'm just going, oh my goodness. If this you guy better score, why aren't you hitting a line drive over the dugout on the first base side if you're him? Because you don't score until you score. <laughs> I don't know why that came to my mind. When you got runners on third, less than two outs in postseason games, you better score, boys. And, dude, this goes back. Remember we were talking about the, the play, the Brewers, and when the Brewers were playing the Dodgers in Division Series or the NLCS a couple years ago, and Arcia came up to bat. Runner on second was the extra inning game that went like 18 innings. Runner on second, nobody out. Arcia comes up to bat. First pitch, swings a cutter from Kenta Maida. You said how you pronounce it, Maida. Maida. And hits a fly ball to left field. So the runner doesn't advance. Granderson came up next and hit it. 398 foot fly ball and that run doesn't score this is the stuff i'm talking like you got to play baseball like somebody's got to do a job do jobs and it, like if you do jobs as a team over and over again like you're gonna catch yourself scoring runs and it's easy to look back on it the day after and say oh well you know you should have done this but like i see it too many times man it's like how do you like you so they, bunt the ball do something score. I'll, bring it, I'll bring it back to adamas so he's early on the first pitch right he's he hooks a foul and then he struck out on a curveball where he was early again it's like where, where do you you got to be like everything about your process should be late kershaw doesn't throw that hard anymore he's not throwing like 96 97 he's throwing 92 93 maybe some 94s but he compared to other guys he's facing the velocity is not there where you need to be jumpy so Everything about your process should be oppo. I mean, close your stance off, choke up, do anything you need to do in that moment to get that job done. And the next inning, once he comes up, hits a homework, they're, they're up by, by two now. The one-run game versus the two-run game is very different where a solo homework yep. can get you versus, uh, versus not getting tied up. You're the home team. Like, you, you got to you put yourself into the best position to tie the game to keep the game alive. 
man. These are the things that don't get talked about enough because, I mean, it seems like innocuous, right, during the game. And we, everybody wants to talk about the pitching moves and what the manager did and who came in and who didn't. Like, everybody was upset. Now, first of all, if Kershaw wanted to stay in the game after the two pitches, I'm leaving Kershaw in the game. Just FYI, because he's Clayton Kershaw. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Roberts took him out because he was going to do everything matchup-wise because of the train wreck with Baez the other night or whatever. And so he was not going to get caught not making that move. I was actually texting with a journalist last night talking about this, too. Um, he, he asked me what I would have done. I said, if, if Clayton wants to keep the ball, he's keeping the ball. <laughs> like I'm just, I probably wouldn't even have walked after two pitches, two outs. I'm not walking out there. But um, get, one yeah. of these, get one of those. Hey, keep going. Go ahead. Yeah. You're good. Um, I, I just I think we don't we don't pay attention enough like we don't little things that matter man like that trez's dad always said little things mean nothing until they mean something and then a bunch of little things are going to add up and come back to bite you yeah all right let's move on ryan fitzpatrick was removed as the dolphins starting quarterback in favor of tua I'm not even going to try to say his last name there you go so uh Fitzpatrick's 37 years old, was playing pretty well. Dolphins were competitive. As an organization, as an organization, you understand the move. Uh, I believe they had a bye week this week, so it made sense to get more practice time, more, more first-team reps, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you're Fitzpatrick, for me, your response to this is a reflection of like your understanding of where you're at in your career. It's like a Bull Durham, Bull Durham situation. Like, Are you comfortable being the backup, being the supporting cast, helping groom. It's almost like you're transitioning into a coach. Uh, or is the competitive fire in you still burning? You're pissed off. You want to compete. You want to be the starter. Fitzpatrick's never been the guy. He's always been the, the Fitz magic guy where he's good for a little bit and then the magic runs out. Um, you got a team like Dallas who Dak obviously had his leg shattered. Um, Andy Dalton his, got obliterated yesterday so they're going to be in a, in a need for a quarterback like are you looking at that going to your front office being like get me out of here i want to i want to be a starter i want a chance to play and compete or like what's your take on it i mean he was still doing it like he's he's actually probably having the best year of his career so that part like um it's hard i i, I mean look i as an athlete I, I i wouldn't be happy about it uh you know, for my fantasy implications, I'm incredibly happy because I have a two-quarterback league where I have two uh, – I, I feel like we could do this, some like a Samoan dance. He's Hawaiian. Um, but I, uh, I enjoy Tua um, significantly. And it's a situation where they had to make the move eventually. I think they pulled the string a little early because the East is kind of uh, open, I guess. Like Buffalo's good. The Patriots are obviously not um, – and the Jets are still the Jets. So, like, they were going to be competitive. They probably have a chance to maybe sneak into the playoffs. Uh, I don't know. I, if I was Fitz, I'd be pretty poo-hoggy about it. That was my way of saying bull it, but I didn't say it. I said poo-hoggy. Um, yeah, I, I'd try to get out of there. If he, he could probably go to Dallas, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would hate it if I were <laughs> Like I hated every time I wasn't a lineup. I feel like I'm still the best player on the planet, so I don't ever want to come out. Um, and then if you're if you're Tua, you just go do your thing, right? I mean, it's 
in, in the baseball analogy, it's like the bull Durham where he's, he's toiling in the minor leagues, just never getting his real shot. Um, it's like a guy that's a quad a type player. Who's always the backup in triple a in case somebody gets hurt. But then when somebody gets hurt, they just both bring up the prospect anyway. It's like a security blanket. The difference is Fitzpatrick's, Fitzpatrick's walked into like, I don't know. He's probably played 150 games in the NFL. Like he always ends up being the starter somewhere. Uh, you know, and he's from Harvard, uh, a Harvard quarterback. Cause he's probably got, he's got to have over a hundred starts in the NFL. Um, and he's getting paid like ample amounts of money. So, you know, where's that line? I don't know. Uh, the NFL is tricky because you only play 16 games a year. Uh, it depends how much are you projecting out what the team's going to do and be in 161 games career. So I would say probably 30 of those he's come in as a, as a back, like, you know, second half or late in games, but I guarantee, I bet you he's got almost like, he's almost got eight full years as a starter in the NFL. Yeah. I just, as a, as an athlete, it's, it's a reflection of, of where you're at in your career from your own mindset. If you are pissed off and you want the job, then that's your, that's your answer. I think you, I think you have a pretty immediate gut instinct of what you want out of the game at this stage. I would try to get traded to Dallas for sure. Cause Jerry's going to try to win every game down there. So, uh, I mean, right now it looks like they're going to be running Amari Cooper out at quarterback. I don't know. Crazy. Uh, let's talk Patriots. Not looking good right now. Um, how do they turn around? What, what is the turnaround is, is Cam Newton, not the guy is Bill Belichick. I mean, they've been dealing with some COVID stuff, so they're not really practicing the way that they normally would. Uh, what do you got? What's your take on the Pats? My take on the Pats is they don't have touchdown Tommy no more, man. They don't have Tommy. If you don't have Tommy, it's going to be hard to be good around here, bro. Like I'm just saying, you know, it's, Tommy Brady's gone and everybody's jealous that he's down in Tampa with Robbie Gronk, you know, and he's winning games and stuff. And, you know, Bruce Arians ain't that good a coach, but, you know, you know, Tommy's the man. Tommy's freaking awesome, dude. I love Tommy. He's just, you know, uh, how was that? Did I do good? Yeah, that was good. So do you want me to keep going? Do you want me to do the whole Tampa's now Tampa's now in first place in the NFC South. Um, Look at the stand. The NFC East is a joke. Two and four, two and five, two that, and five. One. That's why Dalton needs to go to Dallas. I mean, uh, the Fitzpatrick. Uh, yeah, needs they, to can, go to they can make a run. They can make a run. Finish like what, like six and two, six and ten, and make the playoffs. Yeah, they, six they and ten's winning the NFC East right now. So the Patriots. Uh, did you hear the thing that uh, Jeff Garcia did on Cam uh, on Newton? Was that the thing about? This. Was it the thing about his wardrobe? Yeah. So I like, saw the tweet, and, but I didn't watch the video. I I'm about that life because like what cam's always drawn attention to himself with his attire, but I feel like if you're going to draw attention to yourself, you better be coming with it. Like you, this is what I'm talking about. Like, why are you drawing extra attention to yourself when you stink? Like you're not it. He, he was eight of 15 or nine of 15 with three interceptions yesterday. And like one of them wasn't his fault. Like, that offense is incapable of moving the baseball. And producer Patrick told me he loved watching the Patriots play after week two. And I was like, bro, that ain't it. This offense isn't sustainable, like, because defenses are going to make adjustments. And, you know, in his defense, like, receivers aren't really – I mean, 
Edelman's still there, but it's just a different vibe. It's a different team. Like it's, you know, it, it's a testament to what Tom Brady was able to do year in and year out to figure out how to make that offense relevant. It's about getting into third and shorts instead of third and longs over and over again. It's about making ridiculously good calculated decisions based on risk reward. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't have Tommy Brady, bro, it's going to be really difficult for you guys to be good. You know, it's, I love Tommy. And then now I'm hearing the reporters around here being upset. They're like, Oh, well, Tommy went and got AB and I, I'm losing respect for Tommy because AB really ain't the guy. And, you know, I read that Bradford's mad at Tommy. He's like, cause he thinks he's running the show down there. It's like, I'm, I don't, I don't like this anymore. I don't like Tom. I've lost respect for him. You, you listen to talk radio and I just don't know how you do it. I don't, I have not listened to talk radio in, uh, I don't know how long I actually saw this scrolling on Facebook. Well, your drive to work's a lot shorter now. So yeah, there's an article, there's an article, Bradford wrote an article saying like, he's basically off Tommy right now because Tommy, not Tommy. Um, because, you know, he, they went and got Antonio Brown or whatever. He's like, you know, I want him to be the Tom Brady that was the Tom Brady that I know 10 years ago that just fell in line, took orders, did what he had to do. Tommy's trying to go out and win, bro. And now he's getting Gronky more involved in the offense. Guy's got two touchdown catches now, you know. He's my boys. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to see how that plays out the rest of the year. Uh, let's go post-show. I have one thing that I really want you to talk about because you texted to me. I wish you had tweeted it. The, uh, the attempted steal of home, uh, home field advantage, crowd noise effect of that. Go. I was going to let you tweet it. That's why I texted to you. So Kershaw has like that funky, you know, he comes set like he's like, he's doing a ballet dance or whatever. And, uh, you could vividly like on that play, somebody's yelling, step off, step off, step off. Right. So, and you could hear it <clears throat> on the mic. Like I heard it. Somebody was mic'd up and I heard step off, step off. Or, and it would Muncie was probably doing something crazy at first. And like, that's a really hard play for a pitcher, like step off throw. And it was really close at home. So, I mean, uh, you know, if he messes that up even a little bit, um, he's probably going to score. So I didn't think it was a bad play by the Rays, especially with the lefty up, um, even though Kiermaier was one for one against him. But my point was, if it's louder, if you're playing at home and it's louder in that moment, you probably don't hear step off, step off. Uh, so good for the Dodgers that they were in a neutral site in the bubble, I guess. Well, it had happened one, one other time. Uh, Carlos Gomez tried to do it to him. Apparently, when Kershaw does this whole hand lift thing, he's looking at the first baseman and they practice the communication so it's yeah. a known, it's a known thing. It's a, I thought really, really cool that he's aware of that opportunity for an offense to do it. So they have systems in place to respond to it. And I, it's like a, like anytime, paying attention. anytime a runner gets on third with, you know, a situation where it might be a steal of home, he probably looks over at first base and gives him a little head nod, like, Hey, little heads up here. And they do it. Like, when I was in college, our third baseman, um, I love the kid, but he was a space shot and he knows it. So every time there was a runner on first, I would just be like, Hey, Miggy, where it takes you just to be like, cause he would like charge a slow roller and then try to throw it a first, try to throw a second to start double play when it's like, dude, just where, where's the ball taking you? 
or run around first and second, like, Hey, where, wherever it takes you, like go ahead, step on the bag and throw it first, like little communication that happens throughout the game. When a runner gets on first look at the pitcher, give him a little, get one of these guys like, Hey, you and me, we're working together. Or if I'm in the hole, I'm going to say, Hey, talk to your second baseman. Those little communication, those little tidbits of the game, that's baseball. So you know how that communication it. happens in the major leagues when there's 50,000 people. I never knew this. Like you try to get your teammates attention from across the infield. And the only sound you could make that you could actually recognize is tss, tss, with the, I, that started happening with me with the blue Jays. Now with the twins, we, <clears throat> we never communicated with one another. That's probably why we're 60 and hundred. So um, I'm just kidding. Uh, but not really uh, with Toronto. I, we were, tss, tss, And it's funny. You can hear that through, fans screaming so yeah communication is happening all the time even when you don't kind of recognize it or know it my favorite one was when i was playing first with the runner on second nobody out i would always get the third baseman's attention i was like hey if he hits it hard i'm I'm gonna come over there it's like my favorite play in baseball Mm -hmm. it's a good one uh khabib ufc go 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 i already only lost he only lost one round ever in his career guy's a savage bro i mean it's I really thought Gaethje was going to come with it. And he, he actually, I mean, Gaethje, I don't think fought really poorly. I, it looked like he, I mean, I think he was a little bit scared to be the aggressor. Like he was in the Ferguson fight because if he went in, he knew there was a chance of what happened happening. Like he, I mean, submission the second time they got to the ground uh, and he got to the ground early in the second round. So, it, and, and Khabib was just like, he, he basically went for like a, a fake arm bar and then turned it into a triangle. And it was, it was crazy. Like he, he was in position to do one of two different submissions, but I dude, I got nothing to say, but other than that guy's unbelievable. It's probably what happens when you, when you wrestle bears, when you're young, you just get good <laughs> at fighting. I'm not a big UFC guy. You, I can't really talk about it too much other than if you go your entire career and only lose one round, that's, is that like a tennis player? Is like, oh, you only lost one set ever? Yeah. I mean, the only That's thing I, I would I would love to have seen, like, at that division, that was like kind of the division in the UFC uh, with him there. Um, you know, Ferguson, McGregor, Gaethje, uh, Poirier. Like, that's like the division in the UFC right now where there's a lot of heavy hitters. Again, I can't call them that because they're, you know, fighting at 155 or whatever. But, um there's some, there's some dudes there. I would have loved to seen like a tournament style where they all had to run through each other, um, which is impossible, obviously, with the way the, the thing's structured. But, I, I mean, nobody beat it. He beat everybody. At least he beat everybody once, basically. Um, yeah. He can't, he hasn't, he's fought all kinds of different styles and he hasn't lost. So, and all he wanted was the pound. For, like the UFC, you know, has on their rankings the pound for pound. It's been John Jones for, sometime and i think that's still in the conversation but khabib is he's never loses so yeah and now last, he's retired retired last topic a rose a real deal producer patrick wants us to to ponder is will he become the all-time leader in postseason homers manny ramirez currently leads the world with 29 uh rose you mean like the, tomorrow a rose could, a real, <laughs> good so a Roserville deal is 25 years old. Uh, he's rookie eligible still, I believe. Um, so much of having a postseason homer all-time record is about being there 
is Tampa going to be there consistently enough? Is he going to be with Tampa? Is he going to get traded? Is he going to sign a, a, a deal to buy out his, for his uh, arbitration? And- so there's, I think there's way too much to outside is, of his control to be able to make that kind of statement. Is Major League Baseball going to refuse to sign anybody that has any more than three years of service time? Like, we, there are all things we have to consider. Are they going to put little leaguers in big league games because they don't want to pay major league players? They're all real topics of conversation. Like, well, what if, uh, so he set all these records, most hits in a postseason, most homers in a postseason, but they play more games. So is this skewed now? I'm out on that. I'm out on that. They played a two-game first round, right? They didn't, they didn't lose. Then they went five and seven. So, yes, they had the 14 plus five is 19. But, like, I can make the argument that other people have been really close to that because they went, you know, wild card game. Five, seven, seven is 19 total games. Yeah. So, I mean, he's then going to end up playing two more, right? Yeah. It's still relevant. I mean, if he hits 13 tonight, if he goes nine for six – with 13 homers, then he's still doing it. Yeah, but it's like the Roger Maris, Roger Maris, Babe Ruth thing when Roger Maris had more games to hit the homers. I mean, it's the same type of concept. I love, I love his stuff. I love his lack of vertical bat angle, and I love his moves, and I love his confidence. He's coming with it, man. That guy hasn't he hasn't backed down from a challenge. The only and like the only way he'll not hit is if he gets his own, in his own way the rest of his career. I feel like he's still very much getting better. and He's like an aggressive guy, and he's going to have to harness that, so, which is why the, the at-bat against Jansen was impressive. Um, he's only he's 25. Did you know he was 25? So 25, he was in the Cardinal system, I believe, and um, it's, just, it's crazy that he only had like 60-something at-bats in the regular season this year. Yeah, he don't care. And then he slides into the postseason and just starts setting records. Um I, I don't know if it's possible to look up Cuban League baseball stats, but I'm going to try because I want to know what he what numbers he was putting up. He he had a very very good year in AAA last year. Um, I even looked up what the trade situation was to get him from the Cardinals to Tampa, but probably should have held on to him. And, and his walkout songs, right? All I do is hit hit hit, no matter what. My VBA don't matter, and I rake. <laughs> All right. Any uh, later? No, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. I was just gonna ask. Do you think the race can pull this off, or Dodgers? I'm done. No, I told you I had the Dodgers. I had the Dodgers from you guys. Six six or seven in six or seven. That's in whatever. I don't. Don't ask me questions that need my opinion. I hate opinions. I work in facts, guys. All right. Then that's the rundown. And we're done. That's the pickle. That's the pickle. All I know is freaking Tommy Brady's awesome, bro. I love Tommy. That's my guy.